Happy Friday, everybody. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox. We're going to do things a little differently today because that's what we've had to do every week. I often host the show since quarantine from my restaurant, Della, here in Brooklyn. But today, because of my guest, I'm very excited about this guest uh, and the topic of today. It is Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I am actually in my home dojo right now. My, my martial arts school is also closed, uh, as they are across most of the country. So immediately we put mats down in the apartment as my wife and my daughters train as well. We, we didn't let the quarantine stop that at all. So I'm in full regalia, rash guard, board shorts, the black mat, the whole thing here, uh, summoning the, the spirit of jujitsu and all the amazing people that have, uh, that have given this gift to the world. Uh, before I introduce my guest today, I would like to share the message of the week, which is something that my, so in, in Brazilian jujitsu, your head instructors, your black belt instructors are referred to as professors. This is a message that my professor, Professor Stuart Carroll has said many times. He's also, uh, apparently a friend of my guest today. I just learned that recently. Um, and, and uh, there are many messages in the practice of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, it's, it's often stressed that the training is 75% mental, 25% physical, although it looks different from the other side. But that's the amazing uh, metaphorical part about training in martial arts. And this is something he has said many times. Martial artists are like the sculpture that sees the finished statue in the uncarved block. As martial artists, we are always seeking to make order out of chaos. And I think that's very applicable these days because there's plenty of chaos. It's like, oh, as soon as you get one thing uh, <laughs> under control, boom, there goes another one. If it's not, you know, a pandemic, it's riots. I'm just waiting for the asteroid to fall in like New York Harbor and cause a little tidal wave. <laughs> but, you know, that's why that we if you got a good if you got a good breakfall, you'll be okay. Right? So with that, I would like to introduce my guest today. It is Professor Carl Previk. He is the owner and head instructor of Silver Fox Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, no relation, Jeremiah Fox and Silver Fox, but maybe one day the foxes, well, the foxes will be. We, we are part of the extended Hanzo Gracie Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu family, so True. I think we are uh, related to some extent. So Yes. How are you doing today? Excellent. Awesome. It is really a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, I, the show is uh, you know mainly about entrepreneurship, but I have found through my journey as a business owner and a martial artist so many connections between the two. And I reference jujitsu at least every show, usually multiple times. I've had other, <laughs> uh, other dojo owners on and martial artists. And, uh, it's, it's just, uh, it's a, it's a wonderful thing to have in your life. But if you are uh, a business owner, it, I, I argue it's a necessity <laughs> these days. So you're both, <laughs> you are, you are a black belt jujitsu instructor and you own you, more than more than one uh, school, correct? You, own, you have yeah. To- well, I like to think of it as one school with two locations. There you go. It's very important to have the same kind of atmosphere, same kind of spirit mm-hmm. in both of them. So yes, uh, I think a lot of people. It's kind of funny because what you mentioned about restaurant industry, you know, that you were in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. It, it's kind of funny because I think a lot of people that don't know. Uh, you know, they, they, they love to have a martial arts school or restaurant. There are certain businesses that people <laughs> think of as, I love to have that because they just see the surface of, 
of what yeah. is be, what is happening and it looks great yeah it is great that, that's that i love teaching i love training but you have to do a lot of other things that Man. you need to do especially in restaurants too that's that's a rough industry very yeah. hard to, to to survive and and i you know commendable anybody that can survive for more than a couple of years yeah definitely and and martial arts schools as well right it's not an easy it's not an easy gig uh it, you're just I always tell people, and, and I think it's true because I'm involved in a number of other um, small business and, and brick and mortar. You know, that's been my my past for the most part has been brick and mortar retail, um, most of it dealing with food and beverage. And uh, I, I tell people all the time, like you are on the front lines constantly. You know, it's just you can never get comfortable with just like so martial arts, right? Like, just don't ever think you're like, you're good. You know, like maybe you, I think I get the feeling like you're like, I'm good. No, no, no. That's, you know, if any, any uh, martial arts uh, instructors and owners are listening, I'd like to, you know, being, you know, being uncomfortable or you can't ever get comfortable. I think that there's a message is, uh, in, in this. Uh, first of all, I think one of the first things that people learn in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is being comfortable, being uncomfortable. You know, you have some guy way bigger than you laying on top of you, and you have to somehow, usually it involves you tightening up your cores, lifting your head off the mat. It makes things a lot easier. And you have to be comfortable because you can't think. You will panic if you do not, get comfortable and, and understand, okay, I can do this. I can get out. And if, you know, I, I think this, this, this virus thing, it's, it's thrown a loop to a lot of small businesses, mm. but the way I look at it is guys, it's going to keep us very sharp because if we cannot, if you, if we just give in or if we just run things as normal and just like expect, you know, you get too comfortable and too complacent, that's not a way to run a school. You know, sometimes you got to rise up to the occasion and, suck it up and move on and do it all over again and do it better. So yeah, it's my just, message is, <laughs> yeah, no, it's like if you go into class and there's just this big guy and like you're at the same level, but he's bigger than you and stronger and you're just under him the whole time. And it just feels like that beat down, you know, you could leave class and be like, man, I'm terrible. You can leave class saying, wow, that was an amazing experience because one, I'm still alive. <laughs> I survived. And and there that you probably got just a little bit better. You don't realize it. it's another thing that Professor Carroll uh, stresses all the time is that you don't you don't see your incremental progress on a daily basis. But the instructor, we do we see it. Yes, exactly. It. And but when you're under that big guy and you're squirming and you're you're like okay and you're not panicking, like that's a win. That's a huge yeah. win. And and the same can be said about uh, I, I think entrepreneurship and small business owners when you when you're in this this. This is a fucked up situation, you know, and and yeah, you gotta you gotta wrangle and wiggle a little bit. And uh, I'm known as a squirmy one in uh, <laughs> in, the, in the dojo. I'm one of the smaller guys. I'm I'm a 150 pounds soaking wet, but but I managed to like wiggle out of most things. And I kind of squirminess is good. Yeah, yeah, I like it. That's my you know that no gi. That's why I'm in. Oh my god, it feels like Brazil out here today. I don't know where you're in. You're in New Jersey, correct? Yeah, I'm actually in my in my school, which is yeah. currently closed down. But we film online class every single day. But I, I forgot to put the air conditioning on. So boy, so <laughs> okay. I'm I'm in a in a corner of my my apartment in Brooklyn where we don't have air conditioning. I got the windows open and it started to rain. Like nice summer wind, but oh my, it's it's humid. It's how I feel. 
feels feels like a Brazil in here. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so it's let's uh, let's give everybody a little backstory on you um, about how you. I believe you told me the other day you you were in finance prior to uh, this. Yes, I yeah, was. So I was. How, how did you go from finance to to Brazilian jiu jitsu? <laughs> That's an interesting um, trajectory. I think uh, at first I started actually training martial arts. I think uh, before I got into Brazilian jiu jitsu, I was into uh, striking taekwondo. Not Olympic style ta- Taekwondo. This was before Taekwondo got into the Olympics. And uh, what wound up happening, I, you know, basically it's the Kung Fu Theater that got me into it. Bruce Lee, Kung Fu Theater, yeah. you know, Channel, you know, Channel 11, Channel 5. And I was watching the movies. I really enjoyed it. I always wanted to train. And, you know, I started training. And, uh, you know, as, you know, as I progressed through the ranks, I had my favorite training partners and, you know, uh, we, there was four or five of us that kind of used to spar together on the side also. And we used to go to a lot of seminars, seminars back in the day used to be whole weekend event. And, um, used to be, uh, you know, uh, you sometimes start on Friday afternoon, you do Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon. And we go, used to go to everything Jeet Kune Do style seminars, which is mm-hmm. Bruce Lee's. It's not his style. It's more his philosophy. Uh, uh, you know, we used to go to Bill Wallace, Superfoot, you know, uh, amazing, you know, kickboxer, uh, Joe Lewis and, and guys like that, uh, small circle of jujitsu, Wallace J, which a lot of these guys were disciples of Bruce, Bruce Lee, which they actually wind up taking whatever Bruce Lee's philosophy was and applied it to their own sort of inclination. So long story short, we used to train and incorporate whatever we learned into, into our training. And, and, um, uh, one time a buddy of mine, I was, I was a black belt in Taekwondo and I was already teaching some classes and he was Brown Bell, but he was a tough guy. And he's like, listen, did you ever hear about this, these Gracie's from Brazil? I said, no. He said, well, here's a tape, VHS tape, check it out. And <laughs> by the way, they're coming into New Jersey. This is in Sheraton, New Jersey, in Parsippany, 1991. So check it out and take a look at it and we should go. So I looked at it. I was like, hmm, interesting. You know, well, I'll, I'll go. So wind up going. Um, Everybody was there. It was Hickson was there. Hoyler was there. Hoyce, Helio. Wow. Uh, it was 20 of them. Like, I, I you know, uh, Horian is it probably about 10, 10 adults and 10 kids. I think I've seen massive. a video of this. Is there a video know, of it? I don't know if, the, if a video exists. It was in Sheraton Tara. It was in a carpeted room. I don't even remember if we had mats. I don't think so. It was one of those big conference rooms uh, that usually have tables and everybody's paying yeah, attention yeah. to the speaker. Uh-huh. And I basically, I still remember to this day, I, I remember, you know, at the end, you know, you would uh, spar and you roll with, uh, you know, Hickson and Hoist. And I remember Hoist got into on my back so quickly and <laughs> kicked me in the nads as he was putting his hooks into it. <laughs> I, I literally felt like a baby and I was like, all right, you know, this is interesting. I, you know, I, I really need to, to explore this some more because I just felt helpless. So, um, you know, the next year, 92, they came into this city into, uh, um, one of the New York, uh, CUNY, uh, city university, of New York colleges, mm-hmm. uh, forget it, East side, upper East side. So I went again, this time there was start to be money and the, the, it, they start to, the, the words started to spread a little more. So this, there was a little bit more splintering. So it was only like, five adults and a couple of kids. So it was not as massive as the other one in 93. Uh, Hori and sent Craig Cuckoo, who is first American black belt to teach mm-hmm. in, in New Jersey and New York and Philly. So basically 
And he had a problem falling out with Horian. So he was doing tapes. He went to do, uh, you know, instructional tapes. So he talked to Henzo and, and got Henzo to partner up with him on the, on the, on the tapes. And Henzo started traveling to the New York metro area and started teaching classes, would do private, stay for a month's film, and then go back to Brazil. And then Henzo moved, uh, I believe, in 95. So this happened in 93, 94. In 95, Henzo moved, I believe, permanently to, to the U.S. to run a school with Craig. And Craig was a hard ass, you know, and, and he basically, no, nobody knows him. And he want, now, nowadays, he moved to Idaho. And I've been with Henzo ever since he started teaching first, you know, and then I've been with him since then, since that time. Wow. So that's how I got into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Initially, I was training more. I was I always train six to seven days a week. I'm training seven days a week now, but I'm always more interested in, in the early parts, I was more interested in striking, and I just wanted to have Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu just in case if I got taken down. <laughs> and as I'm doing this, over time, I'm you know training once a week Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and six days a week, primarily stand-up. And then... A year later, it's two, three times a week Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and four or five stand-up. And I, as I'm doing this, I'm, I'm realizing, man, this is a lot more intricate than I thought. This, there's a lot more to it than I thought. And I had a really hard time in the early days. Now, my first 10 years was a very rough ride for me. I, I just didn't, couldn't wrap my head around it. And I, I you know... I've learned more in the last 10 years than I did in the first 15, I think. Uh, part of it was I, I, I am a full, I, I, I'm on the mats every single day. If I'm not on the mats, I'm training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in the water. It's got, yeah, it's an oddball yeah. thing. Uh, but I, you know, once, once I got to a certain level, I start to understand it better. I, I do not understand why I didn't quit because it was very, very frustrating to me. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand there was, and this is one thing that I would encourage people to explore when they start to get to blue, high blue and, and purple belt levels is there are different styles of game. And I thought there was one style, like you got to smash and pass the guard and kill. And, and that's not necessarily the way. And I, the more I tried it, the more I'm, you know, a little heavier than you are probably right now. I'm 157. Uh, but still not not the strongest guy, not the biggest guy in the room by any means. And yeah, it's hard to I smash it that way. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to happen. I, and, you know, my technique was not good enough to withstand, you know, their strength, you know, power, explosiveness, yeah. athleticism. And, and But over time, that tide has turned. It will take time, but it will turn. And, and now I understand it better. My body has been, to, to, a, lot, some, to a large extent, rewired. Mm-hmm. where it, it makes sense. Like I can literally get into a position and, and try to figure out, is there a better way to do this or, or how do I get out of it? Even if I've never been into it. So like I said, I got into it, uh, you know, over time I've ramped up. And since I, you know, opened the school 14 years ago, you know, I used to train, you know, uh, even before then I used to train every single day, but an hour a day. Now I'm on the mats. You know, if I'm, if I'm, Training in the water, I'll be in the water for 40 minutes training, you know, drilling Brazilian jiu-jitsu solo drills. That's my recovery day. But if I'm not on a day I'm in recovery, I'm going to be on the mats, you know, anywhere for an hour to two training for myself and then, you know, two plus to two for my students. So I could be on the mats, you know, four hours a day, maybe even more. 
So probably putting in 15, you know, 20 hours of yeah. math time, uh, 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 training time a, a week. So now my game is progressing, you know, at a, at a better clip than when I was, you know, what I would call an avid hobbyist. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a little break, but I want to pick up with that and talk about your underwater training because that's how you first landed on my radar. <laughs> so we're going to take a short Sounds break. Good. We'll be back in just a minute, everybody. You're listening to Don Muriel Webb. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Okay, everybody, welcome back once again. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox, here with my guest, Professor Carol Pravick, owner of Silver Fox Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He has two locations in New Jersey. He is a Henzo Gracie black belt. And uh, I, you were just discussing, you were just mentioning in the last segment, uh, your underwater drills. Do you want to ex- explain to everybody what that, what that is? Yes, I will attempt to do that. <laughs> so uh, I've, I've never liked, seen a fox swim before. <laughs> I, fox I, don't was, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. You know, I do. So I. I've always liked water. I always. Uh, always. Uh, you know, enjoy being in the water ever since I was a kid, and um, I got inspired to. First of all, I, it started with solo drills, mm-hmm. meaning drills without a partner. There was a tournament in Colorado way back in the, I want to say maybe in the early 90s, called Sabaki Challenge. Kyokushin guys, eight eight guys, Kyokushin karate. And they would stand almost toe-to-toe and just wail on each other. You were not allowed to punch in the face. You were allowed to Mm -hmm. kick in the face. And one year, the guy that won it was a guy from Japan. And they said, can you believe this? This guy won this. And he rarely trains with training partners. He trains solo. 
And at the time I was training, um, you know, I was training, you know, primarily striking still, uh, jujitsu probably two to three times a week. And, um, I was traveling a lot uh, for, for my job that was, you know, I had to get up literally, uh, you know, I'd get up at five o'clock in the morning and go into the city and get, you know, plan to be, be back in New Jersey by, you know, six or seven, but you know, back and, home. And what exactly was, was the gig that you were doing? You said you were in finance. I, I wanted to syndicated finance, syndicated loans. Okay. So, um, I was, you know, I was like, man, that sounds interesting. So I started to do some solo drills. I bought a dummy for my, uh, for my basement. And, uh, you know, there were times when I, you know, if, when you commute into the city from the suburbs, if you leave an hour earlier, you get, you get 45 minutes, maybe half an hour of that back because the traffic's a lot lighter. So I started mm-hmm. commuting into the city, joined a, a gym, fitness gym, then a pool. And I started doing primarily striking in the water. And I was like, man, this is good. It's, it's making me better. It reinforces the muscle memory, the resistance of the water, uh, you know, it's, it's makes you faster, more fluid, pardon the pun. Uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, uh, it, it's, it, it's, it, I was, I was enjoying it. I was like, man, this is good. So I, I primarily did striking. It's, 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 it's a no brainer for anybody that's a striker. Yeah. This is a no brainer for you. And then over time, you know, when, when I travel, it's always easy to get a hotel with a pool. So I would, you know, if, if I had to stay in a hotel that didn't have a pool, I would move the furniture around. I'd do a thousand kicks before I went to meetings in the, in the morning. If it had a pool, I would go train in the pool, do solo drills. And then I started, uh, started to incorporate Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. The weird part with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is the breathing because you want to, I've had, a, I've had trouble in, in, um, with my lower back since I was a kid. So the buoyancy of the water really tremendously helps if you have any trouble with your joints. It lower body joints, mm. you know, it's your shoulders, not, you know, neck might not help so much, but lower back, uh, you know, hips, knees, the buoyancy of the water is, is a tremendous asset. And, and, and I, I believe the flow of the water as you're moving through it, uh, well, is actually therapeutic. So I start to really, you know, incorporate some of the jujitsu things, uh, jujitsu movement into it. And over time, uh, I started to, you know, it became, I go to if I didn't have a training partner or if I was traveling. And about 10, 12 years ago, uh, he's a black belt in Matt Sarah, another, you know, former UFC world champion, first, first American Henzo black belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he's a doctor, this guy, Yasha, uh, and, and he takes care of a lot of jujitsu guys. And, you know, uh, he looks at the MRI of my back and he's, he starts telling me and I was like, gosh, I really don't want to hear this. Like, because you know, if it, it gets it. If you hear mm-hmm. so too many, it gets into your head. It's like, he, this was the lower, lower, every single vertebrae was herniated, compressed and all. all you just, I, I kind of just started to tune him out. I almost like closed my eyes, you know, la, 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 la. I didn't want to hear it. So he says, I didn't go quite that far, but uh, he said, listen, you know, that water training that you do, <laughs> You should not just do it when you don't have a training partner. You should make that part of your weekly routine. That mm. should be a recovery training. And I do believe that this has helped me tremendously in acquiring skill in becoming faster because it's martial arts is muscle memory. Mm-hmm. I'm not talented. I'm good, but I'm not talented. So it builds your muscle memory. The resistance makes you faster. The visualization is also a tremendous tool. So I think it's really contributed to me evolving, uh, you know, to this day uh, at a much better rate than I would if I did, if I just basically trained three days a week and took the other days off to recover. 
Right. So I strongly recommend people try it if you want to. It's an oddball thing. If you want to do, go to silverfoxbjj.com YouTube channel. There's there's a, a playlist on on um, water training from a you know there's I think four videos. Some you know the there some of them are pretty short. So you can check it out. It it's an oddball thing, but guys, if you have problems with your lower joints, you can apply it to anything. You can apply it to running. You can apply it to boxing. You can apply it to karate. You can apply it to kickboxing, and you can apply it to Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You have to breathe out before you go underwater. You have to engage gravity to some extent. So there's a buoyancy. That's what you want. But you want to, if you just take a deep breath, you're going to float like this. Yeah. So you, you have to engage buoyancy to some extent. So, so check it out. The first time I, I became familiar with you was at, at uh, Sun Dojo and Professor Carroll. I just walked in and I'm, I'm an avid swimmer too. I've been, you know, right now we can't because I was going to like public pools. Um, but prior to that swimming pretty regularly for about the past seven or eight years. And uh, I believe he was a swimmer too, when he was young, I think, okay. he was a, I think he was a competitive swimmer. So we talked about it a bit and I come in one day and he's just at the counter and he goes, check this out. <laughs> it was you underwater. <laughs> and, and, Cause I, and I, I know he, he knows that I love the oddball exercises. Like I do the, I do the traditional stuff too, but man, I like if there's We call anything, it unorthodox. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, if it's like, this is just awkward and most people are going to scratch their head. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to be the best at that. Like you guys can have your pushups. I can do pushups all day, but like, I want to do that one. You know, like when he taught us to invert, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to just stay upside down and, and spend a lot of time that way. So, uh, you know, I, I saw that. And then I honestly, cause I don't, I'm a, a busy fellow too. I don't spend a lot of time, you know, I don't watch a lot of YouTube videos these days, maybe a, a little bit more because school is closed, but I literally just trained, you know, um, but I'm very active on social media. Um, and, and I noticed you are as well. We'll talk about that a little later, but something funny happened just a few weeks ago where, uh, on, uh, you know, for Twitter, I just have the account for the radio show and, and I'm constantly engaging with other, uh, radio show hosts. And one guy was just like, if you could pick three people that in this world that you would love to interview you, that, you know, the interview that would probably never come on your show. And, you know, I'm into food and music and, and martial arts. So I, I picked oh. David Chang from Mama Fuku. Cause I just loved him. Okay. I picked the lead singer from Faith No More, Mike Patton. Cause he's, I was like, I just fascinated by him. And I said, Henzo and Henzo, like he saw it and he retweeted it and like, all nice. this crazy and he was like, I'll totally come on the show. And I was like, are you serious? And then like a few minutes later, he retweeted something of yours. It was one of your antivirus. Oh, yeah. things. And yeah, I was yeah. like, that's the dude, that's the water dude. And then here, here we are. And it's funny. Cause here I clicked, I clicked, I clicked that link. And right away, you were talking about pandemic response, and you were speaking as a business owner, you know, which was the really fascinating thing to me. You were talking about your school, you were talking about your business, you were talking about your staff. And I watched today's show, too. You were talking about it again today. Um, oh, okay. And that really, that really drew me uh, uh, towards you and, and, and sparked the interest for having you come on. Because again, it is a show about entrepreneurship, for sure. Um, and, and the parallel. So one parallel you were just talking about, you had this physical thing you had to work around and you had to take an unorthodox route, but in the end, it has made you so much better. And we're having to do the same thing as business owners right now too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, people have to understand like it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. I think a lot of small businesses are not going to survive. Uh, the ones that are not going to survive, probably they're undercapitalized or just did not 
you know, you, you know, going guys, when you, you know, when you run a business, you have to have fiscal responsibility without it. You could be the best guy in the world. If, if, if you can't survive, you know, that how, how is that going to help your business? But I think, uh, it will take us a lot longer than people expect to get back to where I was before the yes. pandemic. And, uh, you know, it means uh, I got to be sharp. I, you know, my the guys that work for me, you know, in the school, I've been paying full uh, full payroll for the last three months, even though we're closed down. But uh, you know, I I believe that that if we have the means, that we should do it. And 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 also, mm-hmm. you know, some of my guys, I know that if I did, if they didn't have, <laughs> by the time they get unemployment, they're probably going to be living with me, and I'm going to be feeding them. So. <laughs> Might as well just pay them, right? Because it's yeah. tough feeding feeding jujitsu guys, man. They like to eat. No, but we're, they were easy. Like it's, I have the similar taste. So, like we we film. I I committed. I didn't think I was going to do this for this long. Uh, you know, when we closed down the school, and I did it before mandated because I, I wanted to do my part in flattening the curve. I basically said, guys, I, I had a kind of a global glo- global audience. We got guys from Australia, New Zealand, India, Israel. Like literally, we you know Africa, Europe, we a lot of countries, uh, you know Brazil, Venezuela, Costa Rica. So I basically did a roll with the fox, kind of a, a troubleshooting video interactive session where people once a month they can sh- give us and uh, questions as we're filming, and we answer those questions as we're filming. So it's an interactive approach and. And it was great. I did nine months of it, once a month, first Friday of every month at 10.30 a.m. Eastern time. And the reason I made it 10.30 a.m. Eastern time because I wanted to accommodate more so people in outside the U.S. Mm. or Canada, uh, you know, trying to get a time frame that works for all of them. And it was, you know, it, it, it got a lot of traction. And uh, then when I closed my school, I said, you know what, I'll do this for everybody, for my students and for everybody. I'm going to do a daily, we call it antivirus edition but we're filming daily. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we just finished today uh, episode uh, 89. 90? Was I it think today, 90? <laughs> oh. I'm like, I'm like, what's the, your Uke Enrique, is that his name? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm he, like him. He's just saying the numbers. <laughs> he starts saying season three. And like, he, I have a hard enough track in the numbers, but I, I believe today was 90. Okay. Yeah, today I think Maybe. it was 90. All right. So, uh, I thought I was going to have to do it for two months. Like I figured we get to episode 60. So now I'm, I'm tape like a lot of the people that were tuning in, they, they're still watching. It's on YouTube again. Silver Fox BJJ uh, channel. If you are interested, uh, you know, there's some funny stuff. We always try to convey two things to people. One is technique. And the other one is guys, you got to have fun. You enjoy yeah. Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I want people to like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu as much as I like it. Uh, one time it was un- un- unintended. I accidentally put him out. So on uh, live, live episode nine, right? 19, 19, 19. Uh, my numbers are all up. All right. We're going to, we're going to take, I'm, I'm going to bring it in. We're going to take another quick break. We'll be back in just a few, everybody. I'm going to clear my good. head up. You're listening to the entrepreneurial web. You're listening to the talking alternative network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative.
Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Okay, everybody, welcome back again. You're listening to the Entrepreneurial Web. I'm your host, Jeremiah Fox, here with my guest, Professor Carol Previck of Silver Fox Brazilian Jiu Jitsu in Northern New Jersey. Once again, no relation, but <laughs> <laughs> so you were well. Well, you pointed out that uh, uh, there is a bloodline. <laughs> it's it's, it's it, yeah, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu family. Hands up, racing. So. Um, in in the last section, you were talking about uh, your your YouTube presence, but backing it up a little bit and in, in talking about being versatile and the things you've had to do, one, to be a better Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner, also transitioning from finance to being a martial arts instructor and owning your own schools. You mentioned, you know, being capitalized. I'm sure your your years in finance gave you a little insight into that. But now as your as your schools have progressed and, and your your experience as a teacher, you've started to incorporate um, the use of digital technology for for outreach and messaging and, and right now it's playing a pretty big role in your in your existence, correct? Uh, yes, I would have to say that my digital technology reach out is reluctant. <laughs> I, I, I get that. I understand. I, that. Uh, you know, I basically my digital presence is to for two things is, is to basically make people more aware and point them about Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Mm -hmm. And then second one is probably for some poor dog or cat that needs adoption. And I share that uh, there is so much negative negativity so much arguments, people take things personally. Some people 
play trolls where they try to almost elicit reactions. I just uh, read an article in Forbes before I came here that there's artificial intelligence that can literally take still photographs or footage, video footage, and basically almost make anything happen where it looks like this person said this and you have it on live TV or something. It's to some extent, it's distressing. So, yeah. so I try to have a balanced approach to it where I, I try to stay away from a lot of stuff, uh, whether it's controversial or not. You know, if I know what to say and try to make somebody feel better, I will. If I don't know what to say, I, if I don't know what to say, keep my mouth shut. Right. You know, I think sometimes people feel compelled to say something and, and, mm. you know, there's a, there's a saying, you know, uh, having your mouth shut is, you know, speaking might be silver, but having your mouth shut sometimes is gold. I forget exactly how the saying is, but anyways, yes, I am on social media, but reluctantly. And, uh, I, like you said, I, I am interested in, in helping people progress in jujitsu and occasionally help you know, help uh, a poor dog or a cat find a new home. That's about that's about it. <laughs> um, and and your YouTube videos are live. That's that's not yeah. easy. That's not easy to get. Not everybody gets to do uh, YouTube live. So that's yeah. that's an accomplishment in and of itself. And yeah. Did I, you say, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, we uh, we basically started it. The, the the idea was to go live because. You know, if, if it's live, it can be interactive. So I can answer mm-hmm. somebody's questions. And, I, and that's the best questions and, and reactions. And we got a lot of uh, very positive feedback from people literally all over the world saying, you know, Fox, this is literally made my days when, you know, they either were quarantined, they couldn't train. Mm-hmm. And we actually got people that don't even, you know, we initially we kind of have a little bit of fun, uh, just kind of screwing around for the first minute or two with, you know, some stupid bit with Enrique, but, uh, uh, you know, I have fun training Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I think people can, uh, can, can sense it. Uh, I think, you know, it's funny cause a lot of people's presence online and, and, and is very different from the person they, they are in, in, in yes. real life. I think uh-huh. what you see with me is what you get this. I, mm-hmm. I try to basically add like, I, I, this is how I run my class and people have also said, like, I feel like I'm in a, cl- a jiu-jitsu class. And right. that's like the best compliment I could have gotten because that was the whole idea is, guys, in the absence of many of people, you know, including my students, being able to go to a real class, this is what I want to give them in, in, you know, in the meantime. Yeah. So, yeah, live is, you know, you got to whatever, you know, you might have gotten a phone call or something that, that brings you down. You got to get that out of your head mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm, I'm there for the people to try to, you know, teach them a little bit of technique and have a little bit of fun on, on the mats. And that's uh, every time, I, you know, I think that's everybody's mission that they, when they go to train, that should be their mission. Yes, absolutely. I, and I, you know, I know that it's not the, the most ideal situation for jujitsu training. Like it's kind of frowned upon, right? In the jujitsu community to like, you know, study techniques online and video. Like it should be, you should be in a class, you should be in a dojo, you should be with people. It's about, it's also yeah. about community and bringing people but the, together. But, this is an unusual time, you know? Yes. And, and it's been stress for me. I mean, as a restaurant owner as well, you know, I want people to come to my place. I want them to eat. And it, it really took me, I was not into social media at all either. Just, I started this show about just under a year ago and that really kind of thrust me into it. And, but I've learned a lot along the way and I'm, and I'm glad 
I did, and and digital media is is becoming more front and center for me. Um, but it was the same. I was like, you should come to my restaurant and eat. I don't want to show you pictures of it. I don't want to show you videos of it. I want you to come and enjoy it. But right now, it's been my my connective tissue to people because people are not walking around. Most people are just calling and having us deliver. And it's been a form of communication, just like what you've been doing. Yeah. And people are like, oh, thank you. Like, I needed to see that. I need. They, it's almost like they need to see those signs of, of their previous life to know that, that, you know, like for me, I mean, I work every day. I'm out in the street every day. I haven't had an afternoon off since this all went down. But a lot of people got to just stay at home and they don't really get to see what's happening. And when you show that to them, it's like, okay, the world still exists. And, and I feel like yeah. that's a very martial arts thing too, you know, that you're, you're the one taking those first steps and, and, and not being afraid to, you know, having that confidence that definitely I would have burned my places down. I think I told you that the other day, if, <laughs> if I hadn't, if I didn't have professor Carroll's messages constantly playing in my head, just, it would have been, it would have been yeah. fires. It would have been fires for sure. <laughs> yeah. We so try we, to, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a bit of normalcy, you know, it's not the yeah. same as, as what, right. what I really want. I'm look, very much looking forward to getting back on the mats with my students. And on Sundays we go out, have uh, you know, have tacos at a place near, like nearby, and we just yeah. gotta, you know, shoot the breeze and talk about training and stuff, have a little fun, and then get ready for the week. Uh, I, I have actually a pretty big open mat on Sunday, so yeah. <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> so, but you know, I'm looking forward to that very much. To and, and to get on the road, I've, I've I've had to cancel a lot of seminars all over the world uh, in the next couple months. But I'm looking forward to that normalcy. But number one is just getting back on the mats with my students. But this uh, until that happens, at least this is something that's mm-hmm. it has to suffice and, for now. So in addition to your schools, you also do seminars and you wrote a book as well, correct? Yeah, book Yeah, book is an overstatement because I don't like to write. I don't consider myself very well spoken. <laughs> and I wrote the book with a lot of pictures. So that's how I got around to <laughs> around the writing part. Uh, but basically, I, you know, I... I didn't intend to. People told me, hey, Fox, you should write a book. You should write a book. Uh, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like to write. But I got tired of hearing guys like, you know, posting on social media or, or forums that they're going to turn 30 next year or this year and that their body is broken down and that, uh, you know, they, they probably, they're going to quit jujitsu. Yeah. And I said, you know, I wanted to say to them, like, I wanted to slap the guy, say, wake the fuck up. I don't know if you need to bleep that. No, 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 no. Um, you can say what you want. And uh, and uh, maybe you're just not training right. Maybe right. you tra- training methods are, are or you're not you know focused on running into that wall repeatedly until you break <laughs> through that wall. Did you ever consider they can go around the wall? You can go over yeah. the wall. You can dig under the wall. There's other ways. Um, so that's what inspired me to to write it because I really didn't want to do it, but it's got a lot of pictures, so I didn't have to write so much. But it's it's an instructional book. It's called Fluid BJJ. It's on Amazon, so anybody interested can pick it up. So you've got a you've got a diverse uh, little little thing happening around jujitsu that way, where you're not solely reliant, but mainly it seems it sounds like mainly reliant on the schools, but but you also oh yeah bring in yeah yeah some, no some no that's, on that's some of the, the bulk of my reliance yeah basically all my you know at, at the end of the day everything that I do I I want that to come back to the school. That is yeah. the core of my mm-hmm. my existence right now as far as the business aspect or, or financial aspect. That's basically where everything I want. Like anything that I do ultimately, you know, when, when I do seminars, people 
uh, you know, that I do it for like literally around the world, you know, when they travel to the U S it's not necessarily, it's easy to not navigate around New York city, but you know, to come to Jersey suburbs is not easy, but they come to my school to train and, yeah. and ultimately my students benefit from that influx and any, you know, you know, they, I, you know, I teach camps and seminars and, Europe and, and Costa Rica and, and you know and Italy and Czech and Germany, so, uh, so it's it's uh, in, in Canada and so forth. So it's it's uh, it's just basically more of a way for me to spread the message about Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And I, I you know I, I think sometimes people don't understand. Like when I one of the things that I want to convey in the role with Fox is this is my game. This is what works for me. If you look at me, anything that works for me will work for anybody else just as well but maybe this is not your style of game mm. understand i'm like whatever cuisine you want to choose you go to an italian restaurant you're going to have italian food you go to a japanese restaurant you're going to have japanese this is my style maybe you could pick up some techniques maybe pick up some philosophy that may work for you even though your style is different but if you really very technique centric centric you don't want to try to do uh, force take force moves you want to really almost play this as a human chess i'm the one of the guys for you not the sole guy but i'm one of the guys for you so that's sort of like everything else i do is helps convey that message and put it out into the world <laughs> whether it's digital or real right right <laughs> all right we're gonna it. take we're gonna take one more quick break and we come back i want to talk about what what going forward looks like in terms of your school and jujitsu and what's happening in the states okay everybody we'll be back in just a minute you're listening to the entrepreneurial web talking alternative radio 24 hours a day I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media. My guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. you a conscious co-creator are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness i'm sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant and on my show the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity we will touch upon all these topics and more listen live at our new time on thursdays at 12 noon eastern time that's the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity thursdays 12 noon on talkradio.nyc Okay, everybody, last round. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Welcome back 
<laughs> Last set, make it your best. <laughs> You're listening to the I'm ready. Web. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. I want to start doing some rolls on this mat, man. It's, um, so again, uh, here with my guest, Professor Carol Previk of Silver Fox Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Northern New Jersey. I wanted to ask you something. Have you ever competed? Yes. You did? Yes. I didn't compete. Um, I didn't compete till I uh, became a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is a big oh, wow. mistake. Yeah, that's because, crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, I didn't want to do it, but, you know, basically, because I, I think I was scared of it, so I wanted to do it because of that, but I really didn't want to do it. Because yeah. um, by then, I, you know, when I started competing, I was teaching part-time, and I was still working in, in finance, so I was uh, extremely busy, you know, and uh, I was, by then, in my mid, early mid-40s, and I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to compete. For me, it was like, what for? Right. Um, and I didn't realize, like, my game was just not, it, it, my game was technically very good, but my biggest problem was I didn't, like, account for strategies, tactics, uh, you know, uh, weight, uh, uh, you know, uh, just all the rule sets, all this other stuff. Basically when I went into competition, I, uh, you know, I would just try to submit the guy, which there's a lot more to it than, than just that. So I, and I basically, I did a bunch of IBJJF events and I would only compete, you know, once or twice a year, whereas the guys I would compete against would compete, you know, 10, 15, 20 times a year. And a lot of them were black belts and recruit competing since since uh, you know they were uh, white or blue belts and and mm. uh, you know i realized that technically you could be better but you could still lose but um i won like i, I competed some tournaments in masters which is over 30 and and up and uh, you know they have different categories past 30 and i competed some in adults and uh sort of probably the two best medals or tournaments i won i won uh Nagaon north american grappling association uh 2007 world championship uh i beat everybody by submission I, and what they did is was masters uh uh bracket but they combined all of them together so i was the lightest guy in the whole division right and, and uh the uh, the big one was i won uh i took bronze uh third place in in uh, i think 2008 nogi pan ams adults adult black belt so no not masters but i uh, you know competed against cabrinha in that tournament um in the semifinal. So it was, uh, those are probably my two best. Like I said, I, I won a couple of, you know, maybe four or five medals, maybe six, uh, but I didn't really, that was not my focus. I just yeah. did it to just do it, know how it feels. Uh, and I realized some of the mistakes I made, like I said, I just went into submit that, you know, the, the, the lessons I learned, I, I can, you know, obviously I know how my guys feel when they go in, you know, everybody, deals with the stress of competition differently, you know, so it, it taught me quite a lot, you know, I probably competed maybe total 15 times. Yeah. That's why I asked. Cause I noticed you, I know you have competitors at your school, like yeah. uh, Sun Dojo is non-competition. I've no, I have no aspirations to compete. It's just, well, I don't think it's necessary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I, 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 I heard you talking about some of your, your students and, and you have, you know, you have guys that are actually uh, MMA fighters and, and yeah. guys that are in. Uh, I was just curious because you never I never heard you talk about it. But I just yeah, because I, I, I don't think to be honest, I think a lot of school, you know, schools or, you know, they, they sometimes will change the way the school is run mm-hmm. to basically kiss ass of the top 
the guys that are at the top of the food chain. Right. And I don't believe that's what martial arts are about. Mm-hmm. And that's how, you know, what Brazilian jiu-jitsu is ultimately about. Uh, and I also, you know, people say, well, you know, if you didn't ever, you know, feel the stress of competition, how, you know, how could you defend yourself? Well, here's the reality. <laughs> you know, if you were competing, you might literally have psyched yourself out of winning a, a match or a few matches and I fought in some karate tournaments, you know, back in the nineties yeah. too. Uh-huh. Uh, so you might literally psych yourself out of, of winning because you've been like, literally you can't sleep. You, you like, you mm. just can't mentally deal with that stress. Well, it's self-defense. Usually there is no, uh, forethought. Right. It's like, it's on. And how do you react? It's, 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 it's auto autopilot. So uh, anybody that says like you really need competition to be effective in self-defense, I, I think they're just just as about delusional as any. You know, yeah. uh, it it just makes no sense. I would tell them to go open their own business and then come back and talk to me in a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, what what have you what have you what adjustments have you made? And we we have about five minutes left. I want to okay. want to get like in the nitty gritty of the business aspect now. Um, have you made and what are you looking for going forward, like most immediately for getting the school back open, dealing with like st- state regulation and, and government regulation? Well, that's an interesting question because uh, I, I really, uh, you know, what we've done is offer a lot of online classes, Zoom, mm-hmm. that a lot of my instructors or the guys, the black belts under me that teach and I do, I, I've taught a, a class every single day since, this, since I shut the school down. Uh, what we're looking for is to, uh, get some guidance. And, and, I, and I think, you know, uh, the government really has, for, first of all, I'm a logical person. I want to listen to science. I want to listen to reason. I want to look at numbers. I look at statistics literally every single day, particularly I pay attention to the states and countries that have opened up. And when I be my open up fully, I mean, they allow contact of Brazilian jiu-jitsu kind. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. So I literally pay attention. <laughs> that is the to qualifier it. across the world now. Yeah. <laughs> if you allow contact Brazilian jiu-jitsu, you're, you're fully open. <laughs> so, um, and, and 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 yeah, you may have a one-day spike. You have to look at a trend line. Is the trend yeah. line up? If the trend line is up, that's very concerning. The trend line in all of them is either down or flat. Yeah, you may have a like, you know, it makes headlines. Oh, the big, single biggest right. uh, new cases. And I don't pay attention to cases as much as deaths. To me, that's, that's, that's more important Absol- because absolutely, as testing becomes more available, you're going to have rising cases. So long absolutely. story short, uh, the one thing that was pretty, pretty clear, both scientifically, anecdotally, was that fresh air, sunlight is good for you. Yet the governor of my great state of New Jersey banned people from being outside and closed the state parks for two, about two, two or three months. Yet the guy claims that he's listening to science and he's not going to be swayed by people barraging him with open up now and all this. And I get it. I, you know, I, that's a valid statement, but in 1918 flu epidemic, it's a proven fact that, that the patients that wind up with the flu, and I know this is not a flu, but it's a proven fact. And everybody, all the scientists from day one, first of all, logically, the virus will dissipate more quickly in air and then in closed area. Yeah. Vitamin D is beneficial for this. This was said from day one. Why do you, would you close? And how easy is it to self uh, to to uh, maintain social distancing in a park versus on the street or in a store? You also give people something to do being outside. It's good for the mental health. I just, yes. So basically what I'm saying, right now in New Jersey, we're in st- stage one. 
where uh, gatherings of 500 people outdoors is permitted. Really? Yet there is, yes, yes. Do you, as you, what you see outside, do you see people pay, like, there is social distancing, there's people going through the motions and people actually doing it. Are people doing it? At least in New Jersey, they're not. People are yeah. going through the motions. And that includes the most vulnerable ones. In New Jersey, I think 43% or something like that of the deaths were in nursing homes. That's where the government should have really focused their efforts. In, and I think New York, they've had some very egregious uh, problems with that as well, as, as well as in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So the government, instead of focusing across, they focus, should have focused on the weakest ones. We had field yeah. hospitals where people were sent back to nursing homes, instead where they were not acute enough to go into ICUs. Uh, but they sent them back to nursing homes instead of sending. That's I think the government had huge failures in leadership. I continue to see it. I, I'm not, uh, you know, pointing out just to my state, but and and uh, I think that people are starting to just go through the motions. And if people are going through the motions, it means that the leadership is ineffective. Either you're not conveying the message well enough, or you're not leading it appropriately. So at some point, I think people are starting to take things into their own hand. And, and you already see it in social distancing. You're either not getting the message across adequately or your leadership is inadequate. I leave it up to the leadership to figure out which one they are. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to wrap up. I want to thank you again so much. It was really a pleasure for me to get to meet you, <laughs> at least digitally. Hopefully yes. one day we'll get to do it live in the flesh. We'll bring, we'll bring the foxes together. Um, Sounds like a good plan. But everybody can find you, uh, basically, SilverFoxBJJ.com. SilverFoxBJJ.com. If you just SilverFoxBJJ.com, you, you will reach every you, – you can find anything. Yeah, awesome. Well, good luck with the reopen. I hope everybody stays safe, but I hope we all get to get back to this. Uh, it's our passion, our love. It's our lifeblood, and, uh, and the world needs it. So keep up all the, the excellent work. I uh, look forward to talking to you soon. I'd love to catch up in like a month or so once things. Absolutely. Uh, I'd be happy to see how things are going. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you everybody you. for listening. Have a great weekend. You're listening to the entrepreneurial web. Peace. Thank out. you. Thank you. Radio, 24 hours a day. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com.
Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 